When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on? The Isles Meetups Pod, Episode 4. And tonight we are joined by a lifelong friend, Brett Kahn of Isles Meetup Philadelphia. Brett, what is going on, brother? What's up, buddy? I know, like, you people say lifelong friend to, to like, beef up the moment, but we've actually known each other our whole lives. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> and we're old we as hell. actually are lifelong friends. And we're old as hell, so that's like going on 30 plus years. 30, almost 30, probably 34 years, 30, 33 years we've known each other. It's crazy. Yeah, that is wild. Yeah. But I guess the cat's out of the bag. Uh, the only reason we know each other for that long is because Brett actually grew up across the street from my myself in good old Deer Park, New York. And we'll definitely dive into some of those childhood memories and the epic street hockey games that we used to play. <laughs> and uh, I, I think because of my upbringing, that's why I'm so obsessed with hockey all these years later. So definitely want to dive into that. But, you know, Brett is also a new father as well. He is spreading the Islander fandom away from Long Island, just like myself. So how's that going, Brett? Oh, it's, it's the best. And you know, like people get it when like I got f- like five different Islanders onesies for my kid from different <laughs> people. I was like, oh, people get it. And these are people that like are barely hockey fans or like and just know how much I love the Islanders. It, it meant everything to me. So the kids, the kids said at least through his first year and then, you know, we'll start beefing up the merch. Um, but uh uh i'm excited I've, i'm so excited to take him to his first game i've sat him on my lap during a little bit of a day game once and he he liked it so uh 
only up from here. Yep. I, I took Kaylee to her first Bridgeport Islanders game this past season when they came to Charlotte. And the plan is to take her in a couple of weeks to her first like big time Islanders game for the October 28th game in Raleigh. Oh, so that would be her first like Islander game, but it's also on the road. So it's not technically like a real Islander game. So I'm hoping yeah. to get to UBS so that she can get that experience as well. You guys make it as real as real of an Islander game on the road as it could be. Um do you bring headphones for her for something like that? Or what are you thinking? So we didn't for like the, the Charlotte checkers one, just because it doesn't get too loud in there and there's not that many people actually there, but maybe, maybe for the, the Carolina one, we'll, we'll consider it because their, their goal horn is extremely loud and it, it does. It does. I hate to admit it, man. It burns me to say it. It does get loud in there. Like it, mm-hmm. it is a pretty electric building. And the layout reminds me a lot of the Coliseum. Like it, it, it's not one of those like massive new NHL arenas like Nashville and DC, like where you, you feel it like you're high up when you're in the upper sections. You don't really feel it so much at, at Carolina. So it, it it feels like the fans are kind of on the ice and it's it's loud. So maybe that's a good idea to bring a little pair of headphones. Yeah. But either way, she'll have like sensory overload just looking at everything and like it'll it'll just blow her mind. I'm so excited for you guys. It sounds fun. Yeah, man. So before we dive into all this fun Isles Meetup Philly talk, I do want to tell our listeners about our beloved Oyster Bay Brewing Company. You have a lot of great choices when it comes to great beer, and Oyster Bay Brewing Company provides the best Long Island has to offer. Oyster Bay Brewing Company is dedicated to producing the highest quality beer while staying true to their nautical history on the Gold Coast of Long Island. They are the creators of the renowned Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations in the Islanders' brand new home, UBS Arena. And because Oyster Bay has increased distribution across the country, you can grab your barn rocker no matter which meetup group you are a part of. The Tap Room on 36 Audrey Avenue is open seven days a week with indoor and outdoor seating, so you can experience their smooth honey ale, savory IPA, or gluten-free hard seltzers right in historic Oyster Bay. You can also shop online at oysterbaybrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or have your order shipped anywhere in the country. And if you use coupon code THPN at checkout, you get 15% off. Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. So, Brett, I know you are a big fan of Oyster Bay Brewing and the Barn Rocker, and you have been pretty much since day one. Like, I, I know when it was launched, you were like, all about it and wanted to get your hands on it and this is going back to probably like 2015 2016 since you've been a true supporter of the barn rocker yeah i think i saw it i think i saw it down in charlotte first like maybe you guys had gotten it 
um, before I ever got a chance to try it on the island. Um, and then, like, you know, when they became official sponsors, the Islanders, and they plastered the logo all over the can, then I was like, well, I have to have it now. It's like, and I, I, I'm there, I have some in the fridge. I should have came back with like a can in my hand, but I'm like very careful and a, a very slow in drinking it because I know that it's, it's a little more difficult to get. And I haven't tried the, the shipping aspect of it yet. Um, PA is actually still a little bit strict. It's tough. It's still tough to get out of state stuff here, but, um, but I, when I go to the, like when I go to UBS in October, I'll probably pick up a, a decent amount to bring it back and have it last like the rest of the year. <laughs> so, but yeah, huge fan and like big fan of all their stuff. I have to get to the tap room. Uh, they do, they do fantastic job. It's funny when I was living on Long Island, I drove by that tap room all the time because we used to play hockey in Seacliff, which is like the North shore of the Oyster Bay area. And I didn't know it at the time that they were such big Islander fans. And I wish I knew that back then because we would have definitely made sure to stop in there before or after games. But yeah, love, I love, I lived in Seacliff for like the first, before I moved to Deer Park, that was where I, where I was, my parents, we had a, a small apartment when I was born before we moved to that townhouse in Deer Park. Unbelievable. So yeah. I guess since we're talking parents, let's just dive right into it. Um, <laughs> Brett, as I mentioned, is a lifelong Islander fan, and there's a pretty cool reason why you are. So why don't you go ahead and share why you are a diehard Islander fan? Yeah, my dad uh, was the PA announcer in the Coliseum officially from, I think it was 83 was his first season to the last year they won the cup through 95 when we moved to Philly. So... um, he was the voice you heard inside the Coliseum over the speakers. And, um, and uh, those are some of my earliest memories. He also was a full-time VP of sports marketing at Sports Channel, which, which televised the Islanders. So it was like, you know, whatever he was doing, like the Islanders were involved uh, in his profession. Um, so uh, that's how I became a fan, you know, and obviously, and obviously living on the Island and, um, having everybody uh, rally around the Islanders was was easy, but um, everybody always asked me. I, I've been here longer. How am I an Islanders fan? It's because my my roots were so very very early on in life, even though I moved here when I was nine. Yep, and I got a sweet Sportsnet. <laughs> I have our Sports have Channel. Uh, Pierre Turgeon paperweight, courtesy yeah, of Brett Kahn. My dad. <laughs> I think my dad conceptualized that dinner, and that was a very big project of his the leukemia awards dinner for sports channel and they pick a couple athletes to honor uh every year and uh i think brian leach was one and my I, my dad has one of those the same paperweight with brian leach on it and then he had a bunch of the ones with Terjan that he signed and that's one of my most prized possessions and i know you feel the same way too yeah it's, it's just so funny because when we were so young it seemed like pierre Terjan was like a lifelong Islander and like he was Mr. Islander. But now as, as you're an adult and you actually go back and look at stats, you're like, Oh, his time on the Island was actually very short. <laughs> it was, but I think like I've seen him come back for like a lot of reunion stuff. Now I think he considers the Islanders like his primary team, you know, really? like, yeah. I mean, I've, I met him at the uh, 20, uh, 25, 
uh, 25th anniversary of the 93 playoff team. Um, so he came back for that. I've seen him. He's been at a bunch of the alumni nights too. So he, I feel like he thinks that the Islanders are like, I know he's a lifelong Canadian and like, you know, he played for the Canadians a little bit, played for the Sabres, like two really, really strong hockey teams. But like, he's been really involved with the team in the past couple of years. And I, I think um, as few years as he played, I think he, you know, those couple of years where he was just killing it uh, and, and we made the playoffs that one year, I think that made an impact on him. Touche. Love that. I, I actually truly did not know that, but it, yeah. it's cool to see how this new ownership has really reached out to more than just a dynasty era alumni. And they're really trying to get really like some of the names that, of people that are showing up. I'm like, wow, like I can't believe the Islanders inviting them to alumni alumni night. And that's kind of cool. And you know, it, it is a, a rich history more than just, you know, the, the four straight cups. Like there is more than just that. And I'm glad to see that they're, they're embracing that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. I'm, I'm gonna make a weird comparison, but like I'm watching. I don't know if you're watching the show. Welcome to Wrexham. It's oh, like, absolutely, uh, it's so it's good, so great, and it reminds me so much of the Islanders because like it's such a it's like a small community team. Like the entire community uh, rallies around the team. Um, you know, you can tell in the community when the Islanders win or when they lose. Like Wrexham, same way. You know, obviously we haven't been around since like the 1860s, but like. I, you and I both like being a rooting for like a suburban community hockey team, which doesn't exist anywhere else in sports, really. Um, you know, we can identify with something like that. So I was just thinking about it the other day and like how many parallels there now are between soccer and what the Islanders are trying to do with the fan supporter groups and, you know, the, the, the images in the stadium and the banners that we made, you know, it's all very soccer esque um and that they've really created that that atmosphere and you know a, a lot of our supporter sections inside ubs are also you know huge mls fans and you know shout out to the blue and orange army like a lot of those guys are are big soccer fans as well so a lot of the chants that they bring they they are like soccer-esque i guess or soccer themed and Truly, you know, when Andy, who runs our UK group, when he caught his first Islander game, that's what hooked him is how a lot of what he was seeing in the arena reminded him of, I'll call it football matches back in the, in the UK. So definitely there are connections. And I believe uh, Melkin lives in London. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that that's like his oh, stomping grounds. And okay. he's a, a huge soccer supporter. So when he saw that we had these supporter groups, he was very interested to say the least. So it makes sense. It, it, it makes sense for sure. And I don't know if you noticed this, the blue, we sat, uh, the group outing we had at UBS last year. And I believe it's the same section this year where we're going the blue and we're right next to the blue and orange army We're the section next door and we're right below the, the meetup banners. Um, they have stand that same, those railings, um, that you see at soccer arenas for people that stand the whole time. There's like the guardrails only in that section. Um, so they can literally stand and hold on to something the whole time. 
um, which I don't, I've never seen in a professional arena before. Um, and I've only seen it in like the ends, the, I don't know, behind the goal in, in soccer stadiums. I guess that's the perk of being able to build an arena for your team, right? Like yeah, which is <laughs> when, when you have so complete control and you're not trying to please a basketball team or, you know, concerts or anything else, but the main focus was to build an arena that made sense for hockey. You get to do things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited to uh, catch a game at UBS. I still have not. I feel like a terrible Islander fan, but a lot was going on <laughs> since COVID with being a new father and whatnot. So it's it's on my bucket list for sure. You'll get there. It's worth it. and uh, and And you'll enjoy it. It's very warm. Uh, it feels like ours. It still feels a little weird and new. Like it's not worn in yet. Um, we haven't had a playoff run there. You know, that's um, going to make a huge difference. But it is. It is loud. It is everything that they said it would be. Um, and it is for. There's no doubt it's ours. Like I remember the first time I walked into Barclays, I was like, "This is weird. This is not ours. Like this is cold and weird." And like it was pr- be kind of being propped up. Uh, for us, you know, there was a lot of temporary signage and stuff, but even so there wasn't really that hominess and that, uh, that permanence, uh, that we were looking for. So that there's, you'll, you'll see that there's a huge difference when you walk in for the first time. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm sure it gives you like goosebumps walking in. So Brett, you mentioned how you moved from Long Island to Philly in 95. And I always remember, you know, as long as I've known you, you always felt like you were the only Islander fan in Philly. And you felt like there there just wasn't a fan base there. And, and you know, Philly fans and, you know, the Flyers and even the, the you know, the Eagles and, and their, their fans are known to be a little brutal. And you always even told me when we went to the games together in Philly, you're like, yeah, don't like wear too much flashy Islander stuff. Like we're definitely outnumbered. Don't be too loud and obnoxious. Like definitely try to keep it controlled. And I, I, at, you know, at the time I was like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for it. And then as Isles meetups was picking up some steam here in Charlotte and you came and attended a meetup here when you and Lisa came and you, I could see like the sparking sparkle in your eye. You were like, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> how is this happening? And that's when we decide to like branch out into other markets. And even at that time, you weren't sure it was going to work. You weren't sure there were other Islander fans in that area. And here we are, what, three or four years later. Is that still the case, Brett? No, I mean, it's <laughs> like, it's so weird. Uh, and it was a pivotal moment for me, um, like socially, it, it changed, it changed everything for me. And I, I, and you're right. Like the moment I got down to Charlotte and saw your bar, I was so jealous. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like I've been toiling away in Philly for 20 years with like literally not a single person that I met from being an Islander that was also an Islander fan. Like I had never, you know, I would watch things with my dad in silence, like, you know, uh and just depressed and we would go to games and i mean 
at the, and even the Islanders weren't traveling very well at that point. Like there weren't a ton of road fans um, that I saw. And then I, you know, I, when you came down to Charlotte and started really building steam and getting like 200 people to show up at, at the opening hurricanes game, which you guys have kind of been known for over the past couple of years. Um, I was super jealous. And, and even still I came back and I was like, yeah, but that's like, there's so many displaced New Yorkers that live down there. Like, Philly's too close. It's a major city. Like no one moves from there to here. And I think I put a feeler out on Twitter and one guy responded and I was like, great. Like I'm going to have one guy show up to the meetups. <laughs> and I did my first meetup and like 20 people showed up and I was like, this is, I'm so happy. Like I had far surpassed my expectations. And like, I would say two of the, two of the guys that showed up the first time are like lifelong friends. Um, they've become two of my best friends. One of them, unfortunately had to move to Rhode Island. Um, but I just saw him and he's still in the group chat, um, all the time. And my other buddy, Kyle, like one of my best friends, um, you know, I'm sure that's happened with you too. Like, you know, these people have become your friends, your family. And, uh, it's been, it's been a real roller coaster. I mean, we've had this group chat on Twitter going for four years. We probably talk every day. Um, yeah, you know, we, we eat, sleep, and breathe Islander hockey talk, even when there's nothing to talk about. Um, that's when you get the craziest stuff, because when there's nothing going on, it's like when the conspiracy theories just go crazy <laughs> and people, people lose their minds. They can't handle not knowing what's going on. And you should see that you should see the, the craziness that goes on in my chat. It's wild. Um, but you're right. I mean, I owe a lot to you and like that experience and um, it's been, it's been a very consistent ride. Um, now kind of leading up to COVID, things slowed down a little bit. You know, I think we lost some steam. Uh, you know, we had that decent playoff run, um, in, within the, into the Carolina series, which we lost. And then, um, and then COVID, you know, obviously took a toll and we, I had no idea what was going to happen. We actually lost our bar. Like the bar that we went to never reopened. And I would say like two days before the season was about to start up again. uh, I, or the, the playoff run, I think it was the, not the bubble season, but the one after, Um, you know, my buddy kind of threw it out there that he thought this bar would be really great. And, I called them and they were super easy to work with, super amenable. And it's been our home base ever since. And it's, I couldn't imagine not having it now because I don't know where we would be if we didn't have a place to go. Um, you know, I, I love my house. I love my basement, but I can't, <laughs> I can't support 30 people showing up. So, well, let's give the proper shout out. So what is the new home for Isles Meetup Philly? Uh, it's Bottle Bar East. Uh, it's the perfect spot. It's in the Fishtown area of Philadelphia, which is kind of like the Brooklyn of New York. Um, it's not as crazy and expensive, but it's very similar. And it's the vibe is very similar. Um, and this main drag Frankfurt Ave is where a lot of the bars and restaurants in Fishtown are. Um, and Bottle Bar East is on Frankfurt Ave. And it's really billed as like a takeout beer bar. So you go in and there's like all these different fridges of craft beer. And it's mainly people kind of come and buy her bottle and take it out but they have a bunch of tables inside they have uh, a huge bar with a huge screen inside and this really awesome back area with with a tv which is covered and they close it uh they enclose it during the winter 
Um, so it's really meant for all seasons, which is great. And uh, the food is incredible. It's like really, it's accessible. It's, it's inexpensive. So you're not going there and you don't feel like you're spending a ton of money every time you show up. It's really, it checks all the boxes. Um, it's perfect. You know, we never have to worry about fighting for space. We always get the, we always get the area reserved whenever we need it. And, uh, it, it's, it's perfect. I mean, I, I can't imagine not being there and, um, I can't wait to go back for, uh, for the season opener. Everybody's excited. Yeah. Hats off to bottle bar East and, and truly to all the bars that host Isles meetup groups, because, you know, it, it, it truly makes or breaks some of us. And if I didn't have the bar that I have in Charlotte, who knows if I would have kept going after year one, you know, bouncing around sometimes it causes you to lose steam. And once you get that home base, Islander fans know that they can go to hooligans in Char- in uptown Charlotte, even if we don't have a meetup and they know that they're going to be welcomed and they're going to put the Islander game on and you're 12 hours away from home. And we have people that are traveling because, you know, Charlotte's a growing market. Bank of America's headquarters are here. So there's people that come from New York all the time for business trips and will pop into hooligans on a Tuesday night and they'll put the game on for them. And that's just unbelievable to me. And, you know, we hear stories about, you know, Islander fans having this same experience in other markets as well, not just Charlotte. And it's truly special. And, you know, I'm not trying to take credit from any of the bars in New York that do this. You should do that. Like (laughs) you're a bar in, in New York you should be supporting your team. This bar in Charlotte, this bar in Philly, they don't need to have <laughs> supporter groups from, you know, a market that's hours and hours away, and they do it. And it means the world to me that they're willing to, you know, bring in Islander fans no matter where you are. And I can't say enough about the awesome bars that we call our home. Amen, man. Um, you know, they took a chance on us. And I think, um, especially like post COVID when everybody was trying to get their income back and their foot traffic back, I think a lot of these bars, if you latched onto them at that point, they were incredibly friendly because they really needed the business. And then as soon as you proved yourself, they were, you know, they were your best fans and friends for life. You know, you earned their immediate credibility and they would bend over backwards to make sure that you got what you needed, especially if you knew you're bringing 15 or 20 people each time. I mean, not many people show up to a place like guaranteed once a month with that many people. And, you know, you know what kind of money they're going to spend. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, hats off and, and um, very, very happy to call that place our home. Absolutely. And we got a comment that I just want to share on our screen. You guys have guts being Isles fans in Philly. So I guess the reputation of, of some of the, the brutal Philly fans is, you know, well-known and you guys do have guts, but that's the beautiful thing about the, these groups is you got power in numbers and you're never yeah. alone. And you, you know, f- you know, let's say five years ago, Brett, if I said, Hey, you're going to have a group of 20 plus Islander fans sitting together and, in philadelphia you've been like no way mike they're not going to do that for us like the the flyers will never let us get a group like that and here we are 
and how many groups have you sent out to the flyers games now it's crazy um you know we did a huge one in 2019 with devin and, that, and we had a pre-party at the field house which is our old bar and we probably had over we had over 100 people show up at the bar it's crazy um we um you know, it's it's weird. It's the it's funny when people walk to the back area of our bar and don't know it's reserved. Even though there, there's usually a sign and there's a placard outside the door, it says reserved. People would have to walk by it, and their eyes they're like they see fifteen twenty one Islanders jerseys in back there. Like, what is happening here? And they just sort of like walk, get wide eyed and like turn around and walk the other way. Um, but they never say anything. You're right. It's like it's a it's a and people actually have been. Uh, been very friendly about it especially like during the deep playoff run that we made they were really rooting for us um and uh and you know i think people always think it's interesting when something different happens and unexpected so like you know i feel like i would see the same thing if i showed up to a bar and there was like you know 30 seattle kraken fans just sitting there watching a game be like oh that's interesting that's that's fun (laughs) um that no um, but it, it's been great. And you're right. There's definitely power in numbers. Cool, man. So you, one thing that kind of separates Isles meetups from some other groups is we have very city specific logos that kind of happened since day one. And yours is pretty self-explanatory. Like it's a Philly cheesesteak. So probably not too much of a backstory that needs to, to go into your logo design. But I guess since we're on the topic, are, are you a Pat or Gino's cheesesteak? Uh, are are you a local that has like the secret spots? I don't, it's not a secret spot. It's very well known. But we, my wife and I used to live like four blocks from Pat's and Gino's. And I think we only, and we lived there for like three years. And I think we only went there once or twice. Um, it's a, it's a great place to take a picture and like, you know, get the get the proverbial cheesesteak but there's this place in south philly where we're closer now that's actually won a james beard award it's called john's roast pork and i think it's by far the best cheesesteak and roast pork sandwich in philly um and the lines are still insane like it's not a secret people know about it um but it's not as uh globally known as the other two so that that's my spot and i would i would put that place up against any any place in the city so I've never had a Philly cheesesteak. I'm also a vegetarian, so I probably will never have one in my life. But <laughs> <laughs> when before I became vegetarian, I had a, a Philly cheesesteak, but from New York. And it just wasn't for me. And and I'm sure you're going to say, well, it's different in Philly. But I don't know, like low quality shave thin steak, like steakum, isn't for me. I, I Call me bougie, but it's not something that even if I ate meat would be something I'm, I'm interested in. No, it's a, it's a, it's a very like blue collar sandwich. Um, and like, it's, uh, it's, it's just a staple. It, it, it's, it smells, it's like, it's greasy, it's wet. It's like, it's not easy to eat. You know, nothing about it screams like, uh, this is the best thing you should ever have. Um, but there's something about it. And especially at John's, they do it really well. It's like really flavorful and tasty and the bun's right. Um, but I agree, like a lot of them are done really poorly. Um, so I'm not surprised you've had that experience. But, um, you know, Philly's, Philly's got a great food scene aside from the cheesesteaks. 
um, the food seed's pretty pretty underrated here. And to be honest, like when we kind of were brainstorming the logo idea, we were just like having fun with it, and we were kind of like joking, like, "Oh, wouldn't that be funny? Like a Islanders logo with a cheesesteak on it <laughs> instead of the Islands?" Yeah, yeah, and and now that silly logo is hanging up in the arena and it's like there's that, literally an islanders logo instead of long island it's a cheesesteak like that really got me when i walked in and you know you had mentioned you know we had kind of floated the idea internally if that was a possibility um you know it was kind of a rumor and then when they unveiled the inside of the arena for the first time kind of done and they showed that wall i mean like words can't describe what that means um nothing like that exists in the nhl and to think that like just a couple schmoes like started a bunch of groups and like and it made that kind of impact and now we're as long as we keep doing well and don't piss off the team we'll be up there until (laughs) until the end of time um which is which is really insane to think about um you know showing showing our kids you know um really really gets me choked up a little bit because it's it's really wild that uh that the islanders would take that much time to uh to honor their fans in that way um it's really special it is there's no other way to say it it's it's special something i'm extremely proud of like i tell people that aren't even islander fans like hey that's my logo hanging up in the islanders arena and they're like i don't care and i'm like i don't care that you don't care i'm gonna show you anyway (laughs) it's definitely a I'm immensely proud of it and how hard all the groups have worked to get the recognition that we deserve and that Islander fans deserve. And it's a beautiful thing, but Brett, I definitely want to hear some of your special moments running the group and your special moments being an Islander fan. But before we do that and dive into it, I do want to tell us about our sponsors and our first sponsor is DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. When you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, Brett, as I like to do, what have you been listening to these days? Oh, man, you know, my boy, my favorite artist in the world who you've seen down in Charlotte. Uh, Alan Stone, like always my go-to. Um, if I can't figure out what else to put on, I put him on. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Lake Street Dive recently. They're a, uh, a favorite of mine, like real listenable. Um, just jamming to them a lot. Um, 
I like this R&B artist, Son Little. He uh, he just came out with a new album, like kind of a smoky, like soul singer. Um, so I'm a little I'm a little bit all over. You know, I like I like a lot of soul funk, yeah. But I could listen to Broadway. I could listen to Billy Joel. Um, uh, a little bit of country because you know, my wife like not not my favorite, but I've caught myself kind of getting a little bit of that bug. I'm a little bit of love Chris Stapleton. Um, but uh, yeah. All over. Well, definitely love me some Alan Stone. He blew me away when I saw him with Andrew McMahon. But since we're talking Philadelphia, got to give love to my homies in the Wonder Years. They got a new <laughs> album coming out this week. They are as Philadelphia as they come. I'm so pumped for this album. And, uh, you know, it sounds even better because of my Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon's nice. everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever with opti- with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycon's give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycon's are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. So go to buyraycon.com and use promo code THPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code THPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code THPN15. All right, Brett. So I promised all of our listeners that we would get into some Juicy Isles Meet Up Philadelphia memories. So, since you've been running this group for a bunch of years, tell me what is your favorite Islanders Meet Up Philadelphia memory? Oh man, I have two. Uh, and they're very, very equally, they hold up equal space in my heart. Um, one game six uh, against Tampa was on my birthday, on my 35th birthday. Um, so I had like, my wife got a cake, like two other people brought cakes. Um, it was, it was like the biggest crowd. It was the biggest meetup crowd we ever had. And, you know, that game, if you remember, was like really, really not going our way for a while. Like it felt very sluggish. Like we were really fighting through it. We were down to nothing. And then, um, Mayfield hit that like um that uh that shot from near the um near the faceoff circle that kind of went bar down which was very rare for him to like skate in with the puck and shoot and that kind of got us back in it and then we tied it and then you know I'm thinking like I can't take this. Like this is overtime like the series is on the line like I don't know. I don't have, I don't feel good about this. And then a minute in, we win it. And I, I watch that video probably once a week of us because uh, Jim, one of the guys in my group, shout out to Jim, uh, set up a GoPro that entire playoff series, which is how we got a lot of the, the reaction videos as, as you did. Um, and it was it was wild. Like, it was it was crazy. Like, we're lifting up chairs. <laughs> like, it was it was crazy. I, can't, I couldn't believe we won. I couldn't believe... We did it on my birthday. It was just the best night. Um, 
and I'll f- remember that for the rest of the time. Uh, it was one of the best birthdays I've ever had. Um, the other one, and I'm looking at it now, and you were you were, you were part of it because you said something to a buddy of mine uh, when it happened, uh, and very similar to your group surprised you with a Richard Park jersey. Uh, <laughs> my group surprised me with a, a, a 91, 92 authentic Pierre Turgeon jersey, um, which they know, you know, we've talked about as my favorite Highlander of all time. And uh, I really had no idea it was coming. Like, I wouldn't, I didn't suspect a thing, you know, even when my buddy got up and started like talking about me, I was just like, oh, they're saying something nice. Like, thank you. I, that, that, I appreciate that. And then he handed this bag and I'm like, I kind of immediately knew what was in it. Um, but then I, I took like, if you look at the video, I took one look and I was like, oh, I don't even want to open this. Like, I know what it is. It's going to make me cry. And then it's just like, it's the sweetest Jersey. It's my favorite Jersey. I, and I have a ton of jerseys. Um, but it's my favorite one by far. It means the world cause they, they did that for me. Um, so those are my two and, uh, you know, it's kind of like a one, a one B situation. Love that. And I don't know if you can see this on on your end, but we got a bunch of comments, and I can't see who the user is, but I could just guess that it's our good friend Tom because he's just in all caps and he's just <laughs> yelling at us, and he's just yelling random things like Isles and Glaciers and Royal Rumble and Charlie Kelly. It's, it's yeah, so Tom. it's got to be Tom. Yeah, I can't see Tom. who it is, but I'm, Every, I'm just going to say has, the fact that it has bro in it. Um, yeah. yeah yeah for those who for those who don't know like our our mutual <laughs> bro, that's a terrible ad read yeah um tom is a, a much longer friend of mike's uh than mine but we i got introduced to tom through mike a bunch of years ago when we went to the islander game and uh we just became the best friends i mean i i love the guy and um he's one of my favorite people on earth and he does this like amazing impression of you and like when he types it, it's all in caps and it's always bro. And then when he says it, it's like, it's real loud and throaty and it, it's hilarious. Um, and only a way that Tom can do it. So, um, shout out to Tom Vicario. We love you, buddy. We miss you. Miss you. And he's also the co-host of the bar down breakdown podcast, which is your favorite alternative music and hockey podcast. And, uh, enough of Tom talk. Let's, let's continue with some Isles meetup talk. All right, so we got your favorite memories leading the group. What about your favorite memories just as an Islander fan? Uh, um, I think the first first big, like, Islander game I remember watching was Game 7 and 93 because we were, like, six scoring on seven. And I remember being in, like, we had, like, a a formal living room in the Deer Park townhouse, like, right towards the front of the house. And then we had that, like, kind of tiny living room which is off the kitchen that we would that the the kids would hang out in so it was rare that i got a chance to like sit in that front dining room because it was like nice and and maintained and like <laughs> my parents didn't want us messing it up but it my dad and i were watching that game my, my mom and my brother were asleep and i remember my dad just keeps saying like if something happens we can't react if something happens we can't react and then bob scores that goal and my dad just like loses his mind um and i just i remember losing it too as much as I could as a six-year-old and um that was you know that whole that whole year was just a magical run for us um I have this very visceral moment of being in the locker room when I was a kid uh very very early on and uh 
Brian Trottier like handing me a game used stick that he broke uh, during the game, which I still have. It has his name. It has B Trottier printed on the stick. Um, so by far my most prized Islanders possession um, that I'll display prominently when we buy a house. But um, but those are some of the early ones. Um, one, I'll tell one of the worst ones because you were involved in <laughs> in that. <laughs> you came all the way to Philly uh, on your way on your way down to look for a house in Charlotte. Yep. Um, you stopped in Philly. You stayed at my then girlfriend, now wife's uh, apartment, uh, <laughs> and on an air mattress with Caitlin. And we decided <laughs> to go to the Islander Flyer game that night. And uh, um, it's a tie game. You know, we think we're gonna go to overtime. And uh, they, it was a, it was a buzzer beater from the blue line, like a, you know, a, a low level, like slow brister that just made it past the goalie. I think it might have, I don't, it might have been Halak at the time. Like I can't remember who the goalie was. I don't um, remember who was in that. It night. was right before the Trots era, um, and we lost with the second left, like on a very, very fluke goal. And you and I were like standing on the subway platform, just like. Feet- but Uh, i i think you forget the most important part like the islanders tied up that game not too long like before no really yeah like it it was it was and it was either the last game of the season or like the second last to game game in the season and that dropped us down and then we had to play what washington in the first round rather than like a easier team was it? Wasn't yeah, because that was right? the uh, the fifteen, the fifth uh, season that ended in fifteen. Fourteen, right? we, yeah, fourteen, fifteen. Fourteen, fifteen, where we lost the Capitals in seven. Yeah, yeah. and and, and like yeah. we would have won that game, or even just went to overtime that game, we would have been a higher seed and not then like mm. been able to avoid playing Washington. And I remember just yeah. being like totally defeated, <laughs> and just was, going was... on the subway in Philly where it just smells like hot piss and just <laughs> so mad uh, but uh in in better memories like i i credit you because you put together some really robust uh opening uh night tailgates and um that really got me back into being a, a fan i mean i kind of like w- was a was a lackluster fan for a while living in philly and then you and i got reconnected after a while and i kept we did these like huge tailgates um, where I met Tom, where I met Danny for the first time. And, like, we would get there at, like, n- you know, noon for a 7 o'clock game or even earlier and be there all day and just, like, have the best time. It was the be- it was amazing. And, um, you know, the, the just being in the Coliseum lot before they charge for parking, which is, like, an obscene thing to think about <laughs> now. And, like, um, uh, you could get there at, like, 7 a.m. for a 7 p.m. game. Um, those are all, all of those, like, you know, we all have been through that. That's what makes this so special for us. Yeah. It's kind of funny because truly Isles meetups kind of started on Long Island with those groups that you talked about, because once I got out of college in like 20, you know, 2009, I started doing those big, you know, hundred person season opener groups and, I I kind of always loved that group aspect of watching games. Like going to games with three or four people is is fine and it's fun, but being with a hundred plus people that you're friends with and you you could start chants together. Like trying to start a chant with four people, that's tough. But when you got a hundred of your friends, like 
you could start chance. You could kind of have a little bit more of a experience that way. So it kind of did start on Long Island, which is yeah. kind of crazy to think. Yeah, I, I guess I just like organizing things. For Bloody Marys, which you guys never let me forget either, because that started on one of your tailgates too. So, <laughs> well, th- did you see that comment? Because wait, hold on. Oh, that's another. Co- another do we? Yes, this is again our good friend Tom. Uh, <laughs> talking about Tom starting the yes chant. Yeah, we're not bringing that up, Tom. There, you're not. You're you're not getting that credit. I'm sorry. There is, there is some documented credibility to that I will say, um, but and he, I, he, I say this all the time, like <laughs> starting a chant one game and having a few people doing it isn't starting the chant because no. then it had to continue the rest of the season. Otherwise, it would just be some random drunk guys starting a chant that no one's ever yeah, going to talk maybe, about. Like, maybe you were the, maybe you were the first person to do it when no one was looking like that. Maybe we'll yeah. give you credit for, but like it didn't just automatically catch on because like some person saw you and they were like, you know, it transformed yeah, like, the entire way we chant. Like this um, guy with these ripped pants that smells like bloody Mary's. I could smell them across the <laughs> arena. I'm definitely going to do that chant from now on. Um, <laughs> uh, No, I, what I assume is that someone in like, the blue and orange army was like a big wrestling fan too. And like, just like everybody, like the whole Daniel Bryan, yes, champ thing in like 2013 was a huge deal. And I'm sure multiple Islanders fans who were also wrestling fans saw it. Like that's how it, that's how it transformed. Um, yeah. But uh, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about that now, considering how big of a part of our culture it is. It's, it's, it's like in video games now, like literally yeah, when the Islanders score in a, in a video game, they do it. it it's yeah. And that's just credit to the grassroots of the Islanders fan base. Like it really is, uh, you know, we got all chips on our shoulders and we all like are so heavily invested in this team and we go out of our way to travel with the team. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that other fan bases don't do that because they do. It just feels like, like you mentioned, since we're the suburban team and we're doesn't really exist in other sports and, you know, we're maybe the fourth or fifth most popular, you know, professional team in the New York metro area. So, like, it, it, it's something that Islander fans take a lot of pride in. And, you know, something like that that started on a random, you know, season opener game where they got WBFB or whatever the local radio station is. The guy <laughs> up there on the stage doing it with Drunk Tom, like... It's just crazy, but <laughs> we talked too much about Tom tonight. So, Brett, let's let's uh, wrap up tonight with uh, the big plans that Isles Meetup Philly has for this season because I know you got a lot cooking, and I want to make sure everyone hears about it. Yeah, so we're doing a couple. I'm still working on a couple things, trying to get the flyers uh, stuff situated. Um, we we're doing a uh like members only barbecue to kick off the season which we haven't done before we tried to do it over the summer it, like we it was too difficult to get dates we wanted to do like a um kind of welcome back to hockey um barbecue because a lot you know some of us haven't seen each other in a few months um so we're doing it a little bit closer to the season it's going to coincide with the uh the uh flyers preseason game so it's going to be on our buddy's roof it's going to be again like small members only just to kick off the season excited just to get the existing group back together. The first open event we'll have will be the first game of the season 
at Bob Barry's Thursday, October 13th, which I know is, will be a big night for a lot of the Islanders groups. Um, really excited for that Thursday night. Should be a rowdy atmosphere. Everybody's excited about the season. Um, two days later, uh, 11 of us so far. I, and I, it's it was tough to get a big group this time so early in the season. And October is a busy month for a lot of people. Um, we're going to go to UBS that Saturday against the Ducks. Um, I We did – and granted, we had a great time. We had like 40 people show up for UBS in December, but tailgating out there was brutal. Um, I'm sorry, no tailgating, no tailgating, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> none, we would never, uh, but it was, it was brutal standing out in the parking lot for hours. Um, so we wanted to do something when the weather was warmer. So I wanted to do something really on early on in the season. Still have a nice group of guys going excited about that. And, um, and then I think the first flyers game is November 29th, which is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. Um, so not a terrible date, you know, people will still kind of be in that holiday mindset. I'm sure a lot of people will be excited to show up. We usually get big crowds no matter when it is, even though we haven't had a weekend game, uh, in Philly for a couple of years. So those are the immediate things on the horizon. I know there's a rumor about wanting to go to Vegas, uh, but I think that's going to be kind of, uh, if members want to coordinate themselves, um, it's in early December, uh, I want to say. Um, and then we're thinking about maybe doing a Boston road trip, uh, in February. Uh, so throwing a bunch of stuff around right now, we'll see, you know, I always, my biggest rule is like, if we can get a decent amount of people, then we'll do it. Right. Um, I don't want to ever do anything. Nobody can show up to, um, that kind of defeats the whole purpose. So, um, that's everything we have on the table and then we'll announce, you know, at least a meetup a month, uh, throughout the season. Now, if anyone wants to join you that for that October game at UBS, are there still tickets available or is that closed down already? Um, if it's, it's, uh, I don't think we have extra tickets. Um, if there are Philly members that would like to join us again, that's kind of like a, if you're in Philly, um, and you want to travel with us, that's why we do this. Um, you know, because we don't get a chance to go to UBS like everybody lives on Long Island, so it's kind of a special deal for us. Um, but if you're listening and you you know you live in Philly and you haven't been to a meetup or you've been to a meetup and you want to go, hit me up. We can at least see if we can get extra tickets. There might be still some left uh, left available, um, and I'll, we'll see what we can do. But um, and if there's enough people that want to do another UBS trip throughout the season, you know we have we have a great relationship with the team, and we'll make that happen too. Love that and. It's cool to hear that Boston uh, being mentioned again because we talked about that on the last episode, how Connecticut wants to do that. And now if the Phillies group's going up, we link up with the Westchester on the way, hit Connecticut, <laughs> get the Boston group. You got 50, 60 people right there, man. It's, I, I think, you know, we're, we're crazy thinking about going up to Boston in February. Uh, but, you know, I don't think I've ever – well, that's not true. I went to the Fleet Center for the 96 NHL All-Star game. That was the last time I was at that, that arena – or in Boston for a hockey game. So uh, – but it's been a while. And that we, one of our guys moved uh, – I was telling you, moved up to Rhode Island. And um, he's not too far from from Boston. So uh, it's a possibility. So we'll see. I think everything's on the table – right now but it's nice to like have a foundation of things that we know we're going to do uh to get everybody excited uh early on in the season so um just 
can't wait to we're almost there man it's like you know the pause felt you know the, the break felt really really long this year um you know partially because we weren't in the playoffs um but it it's it, it feels overdue to have some hockey absolutely man well brett it was nice catching up and super excited to watch the philly group continue to grow and just super honored to uh have started this with you and branched out to to all these different markets and glad that you get to watch Islander games with other Islander fans, even though you spent like 20 plus years thinking you were the only one. Now you got a whole group and that's just beautiful because Islander fans are everywhere and we're only diehards as we like to say. And Brett, I will let you go. I'm, I'm sure daddy duty is always on so i'm sure there's a million things that you need to be doing right now just like myself or but uh go to bed. yeah uh, yeah <laughs> it was well, thank you mikey i just want to say like you know from all of us like you really pioneered this whole thing if you didn't take the chance you know none of us would so um you know again if you if you created that group down in carolina and seven people showed up like none none of this would none of this would happen so appreciate your tenacity and like the amount of work you've done to, to keep this going. Um, we all love you, buddy. We appreciate it. Amen, dude. I would only do it for other Islander fans. <laughs> yeah. I'll take my hundred dollar check for saying that. In the mail whenever you get a chance. <laughs> well, thanks brother. I'll talk to you soon, man. All right, buddy. Later on. See ya.